0: Welcome to SHIFT, a college admissions ACT and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to help you reach your target score. You can get a free trial of our ACT course by visiting achievable.me. And if you like it, you can use the code podcast to get 10% off when you buy it. Also, if you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss in a future episode, Please contact me at tyler at achievable.me with the subject line podcast topic. Now, let's get started. So today we have two people from Private Prep with us today, Emily and Rachel. So if you could each just introduce yourselves, maybe starting with Emily. Um, we'd love to give a little bit of background on, on you guys and Private Prep to our audience.
1: Absolutely. Hi, I'm Emily Labako. I am the Director of Test Prep and Tutoring Curriculum at Private Prep. Um, and I focus a lot on um, SAT and ACT, middle school test prep, all kinds of subject tutoring for generally, you know, middle school up through high school. Um, and uh, a lot of focus right now going into the
2: upcoming digital SAT.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then Rachel, if you could uh introduce yourself briefly as well.
2: Absolutely. My name is Rachel Elmer. I am the director of our college admissions team at Private Prep. We support students with every step of the college application process from thinking about what kind of classes to take through figuring out where to apply, what's a good fit. And at Private Prep, we also, in addition to ACT, SAT, and college admissions, support students with subject tutoring as well as executive functioning. So we work with students all across the U.S. Um, inter- internationally, primarily K-12, some college students who come back to us too.
0: Great. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so today, the the topic of discussion is the digital SAT and its impact on admissions. So we've really got the two best people for this, because you've got, (laughs) tell me about the test and then the impact. So, Emily, what are kind of the big ticket items that, like the highlights of the change to the digital SAT?
1: Yeah. Um, So the digital SAT is obviously going to be a big change from the current paper form um, in that students will take it on a computer. So this is exciting. It feels like new territory for high schoolers. Um, It's kind of an exciting time for such a big test to make this jump. Um, And so some of the main things that will be different on the digital SAT are going to be the length. Um, So the test is going to be about two hours long rather than a little over three hours as it is now, which students are excited about, of course. Um, it's also going mm-hmm. to give students more time per question. So it'll have a slightly slower pace so students can kind of soak in and think about what they're working on. Um, and then I think a couple, to like specific aspects that are changing with the test that are exciting for students. One is that reading passages will be shorter. So they're going to be a paragraph, mm-hmm. maybe a couple of sentences with one question per passage rather than the current form, which are these long, longer passages, 90 lines or so with 10 or 11 questions. Um, and then another yeah. big change is the math section that will all, always allow a calculator now, which is different than the current form that has a no calculator and the calculator section.
0: Yeah, so those are a lot of big changes. And I'm curious, It it feels to me, if you were to just give me that in a bulleted list, right? It's like, They made the overall time less. They gave people more time per question. They made reading comprehension a lot less like monolithic and broken into pieces. And they made it so the math section has the calculator on every section. All of those taken together, it feels like they're trying to make the test definitely more approachable, but are they trying to make the test easier?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think, Easier is an interesting way to describe it. And I think a lot of students who are hearing about it now, maybe kids who are juniors and seniors that won't get to take this test are jealous and think that it will be easier. Uh, but I think in a lot of ways, it's It's going to be different. Um, I think th- the thing that will actually make it trickier is that because it's a shorter exam, there are fewer questions and there's therefore less room for error. Um, and it's also an mm-hmm. adaptive test. Um, and so in the same way that a lot of the um, the tests that students will take after college, you know, like the, the GMAT, for example, that are adaptive, um, the SAT is starting to go this route, which means that in addition to being shorter, um, the questions have more weight and students have to really be able to perform from the beginning. So they'll start with an initial module. Mm-hmm. And their performance on that initial module determines whether they get a higher or lower difficulty second module for the section. Um, So a student that Mm -hmm. is having trouble and is maybe stressed out of the gate is maybe going to be limited on a test like this in this form.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's sort of the, that's the pitch, right? It's because that they've made the test adaptive. It's they need less, information to make the same conclusions is that kind of the idea
1: yeah I think so
0: yeah so how I mean I'm, I'm curious though do you feel like the test will actually be easier or do you think that that's an illusion right like I think that's kind of that's the thing I wonder, because if, if everybody gets a 1600, the SAT is not very useful anymore.
1: Yeah, um, I think actually it's, it's going to be trickier. I actually, you know, at least in the beginning, as students are adjusting, I think the thing that makes it really difficult is the margin for error is so much smaller. Um, we have been playing around mm. with the different practice tests. The College Board has released four digital practice tests that are in this new form that have been available for a couple of weeks now. Um, and as my team has been playing around with them, we've found some questions. For example, there's one question on one test on the verbal section that if a student misses it, their score can drop from an 800 to a 730 just based on that one question with the rest correct. So, with all the exciting changes to make the test more approachable, I don't think students are thinking yet about things like the scoring and how that can affect them. And I actually think it's going to be more difficult to get a 1600 on this test, if I had to guess. Um, although the College Board will do some some equating and make changes to the scoring um, that should hopefully balance it out so that a score on the paper test and a score on the digital test are equivalent.
0: Yeah, and and when you're thinking about the fact that the test is becoming adaptive, how much does that change what you guys are prescribing as far as like strategy for both preparing for the SAT and, and taking it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the the main building blocks are not going to change that much in that students are going to need to know a variety of content to be prepared for test day. I think now it's just a matter mm-hmm. of not knowing which things are actually going to be tested on test day because there will be a smaller selection of questions But that doesn't mean that there's a smaller pool of information that students might need. It just means that they're going to pick and choose which pieces are being tested. So I think in a lot of ways, getting a book or working on online on just, you know, in some format that allows students to practice concepts and the things Mm -hmm. that they can expect to see isn't actually not going to change that much. Um, I think the changes that will need to be made in addition to the actual test changes um, like working with a shorter passage and answering questions as opposed to a longer passage. Some of the skills are going to change slightly there. Um, I think a lot of it is also going to be practice and mental preparation. Uh, so, you mm. know, we're, we're starting now on on writing practice tests so that in addition to the college board practice tests, our students will have access to digital practice tests um, because that, that mental side of being able to get in the zone sit down and do really well on the first module to have the ability to then score high because you got the higher difficulty module is going to be really key. So, and that's something that we do now with Mm -hmm. the paper test and we recommend that students are taking multiple practice tests before they sit for an exam. Uh, But I think that that's an aspect that is going to maybe even be heightened just because being ready, being mentally prepared, knowing that, you know, if something goes wrong, the student's going to have to adjust to it. I think is maybe going to be even more important now.
0: Yeah, and I was thinking too, on the preparation side, I feel like, because um, I mean, we have a GRE course as well, and that is a, a computer adaptive test like mm-hmm. the new digital SAT is. And like the sort of the net net of it being digital adaptive is that we actually recommend that students focus the more study time on the topics that they're going to see in that first section 100% of the time. And less on sort of like the higher difficulty, rarer topics, because, you know, all things, you know, just if you, all things equal, <laughs> you have a 50-50 chance of even seeing them at all, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's a, um, that's an interesting thing with this too, right? Because I think when you are looking at the old SAT, maybe you, or the paper SAT, which is still around, technically, uh, you were looking at, all of the question types that people would need to answer no matter how difficult they were Mm -hmm. necessarily, because they would all be there. Do you think that it changes now? Because do you think that there are going to be certain question types or certain things within question types that are going to be kind of higher difficulty only, and maybe you won't have to prepare people for them as much or anything along those lines?
1: I think that that is something that will, will be taken into account. Um, what we're seeing so far, and again, we are still pretty new in this process because the college board hasn't put out that much information until recently, yeah. um, is just that we, from what we've seen so far, the first module is kind of a range of difficulty and concepts. Um, so it's right. not like it's an easy or a hard first module, or they're all kind of a medium subsection. We're seeing a little bit of everything on the first module. Um, and then something I think that, you know, students maybe haven't thought about yet, though, is that, the SAT is not testing that broad of a range of concepts. So what we started to see too, is that it's the same topics on the higher and lower difficulty second module. It's just a matter of how they're presented. And I think that's a lot of what we'll be taking Uh into account is if if you have the basic foundations, which most juniors have seen these things in school by now, maybe they need to review them because they've forgotten, but they're they're not things that should be brand new. Um, They should have the building blocks, right? They should have the basics of most of these concepts. It's just a matter of whether the SAT is going to give them a section that is asking it in a really straightforward way. You know, Here's an equation, solve for X. Or if they're going to make it more complicated, are they going to put it into a long word problem? Is it going to have multiple equations and you're solving for multiple variables? Right. Um, but I think you know, a lot of it is just like, let's get the concepts down, let's figure out. And then from there, we can start to explore kind of the different permutations that the SAT might put out there of a question type.
0: Got it. All right. So nailing the basics is obviously still the most important thing.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. Any other thoughts on, on the content of the digital SAT and and approach or prep changes before we talk about the admissions impact?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think just some of the most important things I also want to highlight here is just kind of the timeline of when this is going to happen. So I know, you know, testing is something that current juniors are mostly thinking about Youngers, sophomores, and freshmen are not really quite there yet. Maybe sophomores are starting to think about what's ahead. Um, Juniors, this is not going to matter for. So luckily, even though they're the ones hearing about it, they're not going to take this test if they are in the U.S. Um, So international students will begin taking it in March of 2023. uh, But U.S. students aren't going to see it until March 2024. So I, I always like to kind of remind students that they have time, they should not stress about this. By the time that this test comes up in March, 2024, there will be opportunities Mm -hmm. for students to practice. And actually the PSAT in the fall of 2023 will be digital. So students are gonna get there. Mm -hmm. They don't need to be thinking too far ahead, stressing about this test yet if they're a current freshman or sophomore. Um, All of the pieces are going to probably kind of fall into place for them before they get to the point where they're starting to study for this test.
0: Cool. Well, do you? I mean, some some people that we talked to have said that they're recommending people just take the ACT in the middle. Do you feel like that's a good idea, or do you think it's kind of not?
1: Yeah. No, I, I I do actually. Um, because so you know the ACT and SAT are big competitors, and the way that they play off of each other can actually be really relevant for students. Um, and so the ACT was going to offer a digital version in twenty twenty, and that has gotten pushed back and. Until you know, kind of an indeterminate amount of time at this point. And our best guess is that the ACT is going to use this as an opportunity to be the status quo, not change to digital, so that students have kind of this known quantity with the ACT. Um, we probably won't be recommending that students take the first digital SAT in March or maybe even in May just because. There's a lot that the College Board is trying to figure out to get this rolled out to students. There could be technology issues mm-hmm. at schools um, and just being the first guinea pig sometimes doesn't, can be kind of stressful for students. So there will be a, an in-between time where we're probably either recommending that if a student thinks the ACT is the better test for them, they should just take the ACT. And then if they wanna try a digital SAT down the line, cool, that's a nice add-on. Um, and we also might be recommending that students prep for the paper SAT take paper SATs up until December as their final test, December of next year. And then again, try out a digital SAT as kind of a cherry on top. And I think that's going to be a lot of our recommendation for current sophomores. Um, by the time the freshmen come in, yeah, they'll be, people will be more ready for them.
0: I've also, I've heard that you'll be able to super score between the paper SAT and the digital one. So, if there's some weirdness where, like, for whatever reason, the digital SAT maybe has it, maybe like is very generous with the scoring in one of the sections, you might be able to sneak away with a really good score by doing that. So, that's kind of an interesting approach, too. Yeah.
1: As far as we know so far, I mean, it looks like everything is going to be allowed, and um, not clear yet whether schools will see whether the student took it on paper or online because the college board wants everyone to think that it's going to be the same experience. Will it be the same experience mm-hmm. is sort of a matter of time before we find that out. Uh, but I, I do think there's some interesting strategy for students um, to be thinking about, should I take this form? Should I take this form? They have a lot of options actually.
0: Very cool. Well, so then how is that going to change admissions, Rachel? Cause I know that you, you know, the, the goal of the college board, as Emily said, is that it has, you know, everyone treats everything the same. But I feel like schools are inevitably going to be looking at this pretty, pretty hard. So have you talked to anyone on the university side yet? Do you know what they're thinking about this?
2: Um, to be honest, I think, as is often the case, the college admissions offices are about a year behind where the College Board and the ACT are in terms of putting out their news. Most colleges have not yet even decided if they're going to remain test optional for next admission cycle. That's their next big existential testing question is determining, are we going to continue a test optional pilot? Are we going back? We are starting to see some trickles of decisions there. Like uh, in the last two weeks, Purdue said they are going back to requiring testing. Maryland said they are extending test optional through 2025. But that right now is the big question for colleges is how has test optional worked for us in the past two or three years? If they went, if they changed as a result of the pandemic, how are those students doing in college now? How has their admissions process changed? Do they want to keep this? Do they consider it valuable? They have to confront that giant question. I think before they even get to, Oh, what's this digital SAT thing? Um, they know it's on the horizon. Some admissions offices are more in the know about that kind of thing than others, but when they're reading, you know, their offices by and large right now are very short-staffed. I've been hearing from some admissions officers that they could barely get through their early pools, had to defer more than usual because of that. They don't don't have time to be worrying about the digital SAT quite yet. So I think, um, I will say the last time there was a big change like this when the SAT changed its format how many years ago now was that Emily it feels like it was it was 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 around when I was
0: taking it (laughs) yeah it's a long time yeah
2: um you know there was concern about that in the industry that first people said colleges wouldn't consider the SAT as as strong anymore because it was new and then they decided oh no it's harder so It serves high flyers better if they can get a great score, but really we did not see that bear out in the data, um, nor in anecdotally how we saw our students perform. Certainly during that time period, what Emily's describing may happen now um, happened. We advised students to do the ACT while the SAT was figuring itself out. We found that our high flying students tended to be the ones who first went back to the SAT. I certainly would not be surprised if that happens in this case. Um, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that admissions offices are going to necessarily view them differently. I think they are really, again, wrestling with a much bigger question about the role of testing at all, rather than which test is the right one.
0: Got, Got it. it. Okay. okay. So, so yeah, it, it sounds, sounds like, like digital SET is not quite, uh, on the horizon, horizon. for them. Do you, do you feel, feel like, like I guess just like, just like putting like on your prediction, prediction cap. Do you feel, you feel like, like anything, anything is really, really going to change or do you think, think it's, it's probably just going to be business be as usual with the new test?
2: I think I think it'll probably be more business as usual from an admissions perspective. Um I think it for students, the hearing Emily describe the decision making calculus getting more complicated made me stressed in advance for my students who are already have a, have a much taller decision tree for testing than, than they used to. And so uh-huh. now before they even get to the, is this a high enough score to send? Is it a high enough score to send to which school in which decision pool for which major, depending on my high school, depending on my sub scores and how it relates to if I am wanna be an engineer or an artist, Um, Now they also have to think about what time of year is it and how does that affect which test is really going to be right for me based on opportunities. I think, um, you know, like so much in this industry, students bear the brunt of the the stress, and the admissions offices will be very happy to take the high scores from wherever they originate.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that that makes a lot of sense then. Well, I think from the terms of the digital SAT, we'll probably – We'll probably have to revisit its impact on, on admissions here in a little bit. Um, but for now, this is a really good primer on on what's changing and, and how it's going to impact things. So thank you very much. This has been Shift. It's a college admissions podcast for a changing world. Digital SAT is definitely one of those changes. Hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Emily and Rachel from Private Prep. Achievable has an ACT course, and you can get a free trial of our course at achievable.me.
2: And if you like it, use the code podcast to get 10% off at checkout.